Greetings, God's beloved. Thanks for tuning in to Messages of Hope, the sermon podcast from Living Hope Lutheran Church in downtown Las Vegas. Our reading this week comes from the prophet Amos, and I hope you can share this message of love and justice with someone you love. God bless you. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father in heaven, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. There's a scene in the movie Aaron Brockovich. Remember that movie? where Julia Roberts portraying the real-life legal assistant who fought for a settlement for residents affected by corporate chemical waste. She's in the office with her boss, attorney Ed Masry, played by Albert Finney, and he's bringing her a bonus check at the end of the movie for her work. Do you remember the scene? But he warns her the amount is not what they had agreed upon. Oh, did I mess up my... Oh, there there she is. There she is. It's not what they agreed upon. So she immediately gets upset. She's, she's saying, you don't value me and my work. I'd show you the clip, but the language gets a little inappropriate for the Sunday morning gathering. Yeah, She she's calls him a few names. And then as she's interrupted, she looks down at the check and she notices it's for $2 million. It's a, it's a lot more than she had expected. And the audience, of course, sees justice achieved for the residents of the town and for Brockovich herself, who fought for the people against all odds, who sacrificed her life and her time and, and, uh, and all kinds of things. And I think the, the movie was a success because it was mostly based on a true story and because it gets to the heart of what we know is fair. And we love to see justice played out on the big screen. In the world, it gets more complicated. We elect and appoint judges to administer justice in courtrooms and elect politicians to enact and amend systems of justice for our society. We advocate for justice on behalf of our neighbors and ourselves in the community. But we might not always agree upon what is just and the extent of our own responsibility to bring about justice for others. Should those nations who contribute more to global warming provide help for smaller nations affected from sea level rise? Should the wealthiest 1% of Americans pay a greater share of taxes? Should unemployed citizens be able to receive government help indefinitely? These are some of the questions we're asking ourselves now in the public sphere, and they affect all of us. How should those who call themselves followers of Jesus respond to issues of inequality and injustice? Thoughts and prayers? Amos lived a couple of hundred years after King Solomon and more than a generation after Elijah. He was from the south, but was a prophet to the north, kind of an outsider. And while he was from a small town outside Bethlehem called Tekoa, he was Not what we would think of as a shepherd, not a poor wanderer or a child. He was not born into a line of prophets. And most scholars now agree he was the owner of herds. Amos names himself as a dresser of sycamore trees. So maybe he owned orchards, maybe he owned fields, maybe he owned quite a bit. So sycamore trees, these are are really interesting, also related to the fig tree. They can be uh, symbols in scripture for eternity and divinity and strength and protection. The dresser would pinch the stalks to help the fruit ripen before the harvest. 
appropriate for a prophet who wants to bring about fruit in the lives of God's people before God's harvest. So he warned Judah and Israel. Uh, he, he warned of the fall of their neighbors, those who had done wrong things. Many of them would fall uh, to Assyria in the years to come prior to the Babylonian exile. But Amos wasn't speaking to kings or rulers as much as he warned the people and the priests especially of God's desire for justice. So justice sounds good. We talk a lot about justice and we recite the Pledge of Allegiance and we say we're all about liberty and justice for all. But often we struggle with balancing our liberty with justice for others. And when we think of justice, we're most often thinking of something called retributive justice, right? Punishing offenders, making sure the punishment fits the crime. And we make heroes out of, oh, I don't know, Dirty Harry taking out the bad guys or vigilantes like Batman and other members of the Justice League cleaning up the dark streets of Gotham and Metropolis, bringing justice. Retributive justice is about making the punishment fit the crime. Restorative justice is about repairing the harm done by those who violate the law, bridging gaps between victims and offenders, bringing about healing, creating a new way, bringing about dialogue, understanding, rehabilitation. That's, that's something we might call restorative or reparative justice. And distributive justice is focused on determining who gets what. We talk a lot about that stuff too, and finding equitable outcomes making sure each one has what is needed for them in their context and their circumstances. It might not be the same for everybody. We also talk about climate justice and economic justice. And we claim we want fairness and equality, but we often struggle to define them or we get confused by all these different words. But when we read Amos, we hear a condemnation of all kinds of injustice. And he speaks of crimes against humanity that the nations, especially those outside Israel, are, are committing. Gentile nations committing atrocities against one another. Selling people into slavery. Killing of pregnant women. Further atrocities. In Israel, the prophet speaks more of systemic oppression of the poor. Financial exploitation. Sexual immorality. Idol worship. And all these things. And he reminds the people of God's promises and their disobedience, holding out a sliver of hope that there may be a chance, just a little chance to avoid the coming destruction if they could just get their act together. Maybe we resemble that remark too. We feel that way sometimes. If we could just get our stuff together. This week we remembered those who gave of their time, who made countless sacrifices in the service of their nation, Veterans of the armed forces who fought in wars, who served here at home, who gave their lives, many of them. And we're grateful for them. We give thanks, even as we acknowledge the difficulties and horrors of that vocation. And from our privileged positions, we can judge the actions of those who enlist to fight, who go to war and engage those who would be enemies to us at home and abroad. We need them. But we have not always cared for our veterans either. In some cases, those who have been entrusted with the task of defending us have acted unjustly and have abused their power. So while it can be a struggle, we do honor those who serve while condemning acts of war and violence. We have to balance these things. 
this afternoon, um, I'll be over at uh, Veterans Village just down the road offering a prayer for, for that facility. And they've got some new management there that's really working hard to take care of veterans. There's 100 residents in that place. So uh, keep me in your prayers as I go to do that. The Lord roars from Zion, we hear the prophet say. That's Zion, remember that? That's where Solomon built the temple. This powerful imagery of a lion of Judah invokes the fierce strength of our God, the one whose voice causes pastures to wither and the top of Carmel to dry up. We heard of Elijah at the top of Mount Carmel last week, where the prophets of Baal were humiliated and God's power was revealed. Justice and injustice are the results of human actions. And we hear pretty clearly God calling us to do justice. We remember that verse from Micah, right? 6.8. In our baptismal rite, we promise to care for others and the world God made and work for justice and peace in the world, in our lives. So I don't think it just happens on its own. It doesn't exist. Justice doesn't exist without us working for it. Someone said, when justice flows like streams, everyone's field gets watered. How do we feel about that? That might be hard for us to accept, right? Why should everyone get what I've worked so hard for? I think justice starts with a humble heart. From humility, from turning from ourselves, we might find capacity to live for something other than ourselves. Amos proclaims that the acts of worship by those who do not seek justice are a waste. That God will not accept the offerings of the congregation that does not do the work, does not move, work, and live for the sake of the neighbor. God will not condone actions of the faithful that contribute to the suffering of people. The prophet warns warns those who seek the day of the Lord recognizing it as a day of judgment and darkness. The day of the Lord, the day of the Lord, why do you seek that? Be careful what you ask for, he says. If we want justice, if we really want it, we're called to do it. If we want peace, we're supposed to live it. We know the difference between good and evil. In the film, Aaron Brockovich says, I don't know stuff about stuff. I don't know stuff about stuff, but I know right and wrong. That's the edited version. We can come and worship here every Sunday and pray and sing, and we should. This worship should remind us of God's grace and God's calling in our lives and the justice that God brings for us. But it doesn't end at 10 a.m. or 10.15 or 10.30, depends who's preaching. (laughs) We are formed here for life. Out there, we are reminded and renewed and reconciled and refreshed through the hearing of God's word, through the sacraments, to be for others. And we're called to live out this love that we have received from God, following Jesus into a hurting world. And Jesus promises to be living water for us. Water flows from his side, right? enacts justice and righteousness through his death and resurrection. And we remember that we are made for walking with our neighbors. Just like we are gathered to worship, we are sent to serve. 
to be with those who are suffering, in need, in fear, going without, injured or ill or oppressed or incarcerated. To be the very presence of Christ for them. We don't have to be perfect and we don't have to do it all. We can't. We can't do it all on our own. But we are to remember what we're for. Remember. Justice might seem like this goal out of reach. It might be overwhelming or make us even feel guilty that we can't do all the things. But we ought to remember that it comes one heart at a time. Our hearts get changed, transformed. And we're reminded that we are already forgiven, already loved into new life, already made new. This process of ongoing transformation is still happening. So what does justice look like? We struggle. But living out justice looks like following Jesus, living humbly, giving as there is need, trusting in God, putting Christ at the center of our lives. Call it discipleship. The prophet speaks, seek good and not evil that you may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts, will be with you. We don't do it alone. God does the work in us and with us and with the world. God leads us to the places we are needed so that we can speak justice and act justice and walk justice. God leads us to the places we are needed and puts people in our path that, might be, that we might be of service to them and them to us. So God's Holy Spirit gives us eyes to see our neighbors and the strength to do what is needed. God is seeking us, calling us, and inspiring us every day. Amen.